0: Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. Matthew 14, verses
1: 24 through 29. Matthew 14, verses 24 through 39. Reading from the New Living Translation today, meanwhile, the disciples were far were in trouble far from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In fear they cried out, It's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him. Notice who started the conversation. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Father, would you add your blessing to the reading and the the hearing and the preaching of your word today. Lord, I pray that, that that we have the same spirit that Peter had in his eagerness to participate in what you're doing. And I pray, God, that you would fill us with your spirit, fill us with hope, fill us with faith, fill us with courage today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, a few weeks ago I preached a message from this particular passage of scripture and as I was preparing that message the lord spoke to me really powerfully in a way that he's really never done before to let me know that it was it, it was time to get out of the boat in regards to uh, the property that we have next door. And I told you at that time, about three or four weeks ago, that I would come back to you in a few weeks and fill you in on some of the details, and that's what I want to do today. If you missed that message please go back and listen to it. You can go to the YouTube channel and you can watch it there. It's Covenant Life West Georgia is our YouTube channel. You can go to the podcast and listen to it however you consume content, but it's called One Decision from Different, and I think that'll put some context on what we're about to talk about today. Um, let me say this right off the bat, and I want you, to, I want you to, to hear this. I believe this property next door is the key to our future as a church. I believe that our faithfulness to the vision that God has given us and that he is continuing to give us for, the, for this property will define this church for a generation. I have, I have felt the weight of that. I've felt the weight of the vision as I've anticipated this day that I get to share some more of it. And I pray that I can present this in a way that you will also begin to sense and to feel and to carry the weight of the vision. There is no way I can share everything there is to know about this project today, but I'm, I'm going to try to, to begin the conversation in a way that I hope puts the right context about it. Now, let me tell you what we're talking about real quickly, and kind of give you the, the big picture. We have seven and a half acres of land here um, in, in downtown Bremen, including the, the large commercial buildings that are just here to your right. We want God to be glorified in everything that we do here as a church as we try to fulfill the mission that Jesus gave to us, which is to go and make disciples. And we believe that we've been called to do that by being real and relational and reaching. We know, or we need to, to, to connect our kids ministry to our main sanctuary. We know that as we move forward. We also need a fellowship hall that's large enough to accommodate the entire church at one time. We, it needs to have a commercial kitchen that we'd be able to prepare meals for. We want the community to be able to come on this property, uh, and we, we want them to feel welcome here, and we want to to build a nice walking track so that they can sort of circle the perimeter of the property and and, and enjoy the wreck area and all of that kind of thing. And we want to be good neighbors. And in particular, we feel compelled to use our property to help rescue women who have been tricked and deceived or just outright kidnapped into the slavery of sex trafficking. We feel the call of God to help address that issue. Now, that's the vision for our property, and especially the property next door. Now, what we once viewed as an obstacle, we're now seeing as an opportunity. And every day, I feel less and less burdened by the vision and more and more honored by the vision. This is the vision. This is the opportunity. This is the time. It is time to get out of the boat. It is time to get moving. It is time to see what God wants us to do. It is time to begin calling out to Jesus to ask him to bid us to come. It is time. So so let's join hands and join hearts and start walking towards Jesus on the water. Can you say amen this morning? Well, after years of wrestling with this project, we've owned it for eight years Uh, And I've been the pastor for seven of those. So after years of wrestling with this project, what we've discovered is that the cost per square foot to renovate, uh, repair, and bring up to code that most of the existing space next door is way more expensive than just demoing it and starting over again okay? So that would also allow us to some maximum flexibility in what the buildings look like and and where they're placed and positioned on the property and in what order we'd like to to build those. And so uh, the exception to that is the two-story building all the way down to the south end of the property? It already has. Um, it's in the best condition compared to the rest of the property. It's the newest of the building it, of the buildings. It all. It already has a loading dock. It already has plumbing. It already has thousands of square feet of space, and so the plan is to demo all but that big building down at the end because it makes the most sense financially. All right? Now, let me issue a word of caution for those, especially for those of you who were with us a few weeks ago as we began to talk about our vision for that in the, in the message about getting out of the boat. We can't run out and tell people that we're going to build a place for rescued women and their children to be housed and rehabilitated. We don't have the authority to make that decision by ourselves okay that's a zoning issue it's it there's going to involve lots of local and state permits regulations politics we've not gotten any government officials involved in this vision we hadn't talked to them about it why is that well one it's just way too early it's just way too early in the project Two. We don't know who's going to be in those positions when it comes time for us to move into those areas. So there's no need in rustling the feathers until we figure out where we're going. And three, we don't really know what the future holds and what the needs are or what the needs will be. We are new to this issue. Okay, we're new to it. We think we have a solution. We think we can provide help for a problem, but we don't know everything. So as we get involved, it might be that there's a greater need in that moment for a regional office or for warehouse space or for logistical assistance. The reality is we simply don't know how it's going to all turn out. And so to raise funds or or to raise interest uh, based on that one very specific plan is just not wise. We want our property to be, we're going to say it this way. When we fundraise, when we talk about it, we're going to say this. We want our property to be used in addressing the issue of human trafficking. Okay? That's simple. It's clear. It leaves us room to pivot as the, as the need arises and as the, the vision really begins to clarify over the course of the project. So everybody understand that? Y'all picking up what I'm laying down this morning? Okay, we just have to be careful about what we say because we don't want to start a fight. All right? At least not until we get our gloves on. All right. So phase one of the project is the abatement of the, of the hazardous material that's present, the, the lead-based paint and the asbestos. We can't touch the buildings until we take care of that, until we have the letter certifying that it's clean. The best quote that we have on that right now is $147,900. 1479 dollars now, once that uh, once that hazmat is taken care of, there'll be there'll also be some additional cost for making sure that the building is is what they call in the dry, because as they remove the asbestos, which a lot of it's focused in the roof, then it's going to leave holes. And we need to make sure that we get those holes patched and the, and the roof covered uh, as fast as we can to, to uh, stop the, the deterioration that's been going on for a long time. So we know that's phase one. Uh, I've got some good news. The contractor has agreed to reduce the price of the abatement to 125000 if we can grant him the contract by March of 2020. March of 2020, so that's only about three and a half months from now. That's a savings of $23,000, which is significant on a, on a, on a, on a budget of, of uh, less than one hundred and fifty. dollars Now, you might be saying, John, do we have $125,000? No. All right? As of this week, we have $1,167, which I say praise the Lord for, right? That's been donated towards that project. Can, so, so, John, can we get $125,000 by then? I don't know. But I do know this, I believe I read somewhere that the earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it, right? I believe I have read about a God of multiplication. I believe I have read about a God who supplied water from a rock and manna from the clear blue sky a god who rescued slaves from egypt and inspired the egyptians to give them gold and silver on the way out we serve a god who never gives vision without provision once the decision is made to follow him and so will god do it by march i've got no idea but we're going to ask and we're going to plan and we're going to believe and we're going to leave the results to god all right so that's the plan is to get started by march 2020 Now, phase two is the demo of the building, which I personally want to be involved in. We may actually sell um, sledgehammer time or bobcat time or something. We're going to get creative on that. I will definitely give $100 to take a shot at this thing with a bulldozer. Um, but the demo will be the removal of the roof, the walls, the slabs, the foundation for all of the buildings, again, except for the two-story one at the bottom of the property. We, we want to we just take it down to dirt. Um, the current quote for that is $127,000, though we're going to continue to receive bids uh, from companies who specialize in demo and in salvage because there's there's salvageable material there if we can get it clean. Okay, And again, there'll be some additional costs because when we demo... Um, where these buildings join that building, then it's going to leave a big hole. So we're going to have to build a wall. We'll have to make sure that everything's good there. So there'll be some additional, uh, additional cost there. But altogether, phase one, phase two, we're looking at somewhere between two hundred seventy-five and $300,000 for those two phases. But I want you to think about what this is going to accomplish. The property be completely cleared of these buildings. Can somebody say hallelujah? Anybody who comes in the front door of the church, can you say hallelujah? Those things will be gone. Okay, um, we'll sing "My Chains Are Gone." All right, all right. Uh, it's gonna so it's gonna completely clear the property of those things. It will improve the appearance. Quite possibly, improve the property value here. We will have wide open space for us to to plan and to dream and to imagine the future here. We will have a large building that we can begin to clean up and prepare to use in addressing a global humanitarian crisis. We will have a space that we can begin to welcome our neighbors onto the property rather than keep everything behind the fence. We, is that not an incredible blessing? That's just sort of the tip of the iceberg of what we'll be able to do. But can you, can you begin to see the impact that we're going to be able to have on this community and on the world? So you need, you need to see that. You need to keep that in the, in the forefront of your mind. Now, every project needs a name. Um, and I'm quite honestly tired of calling these things the Antique Mall Mall because it ain't been an antique mall in like 10 years, okay? So uh, every project needs a name. I'm excited to tell you that name today. And for the remainder of our time together, um, I'd like to show you the biblical connection to um, what is going to be called the Jericho Project. The Jericho Project, a global and local outreach of Covenant Life Church, all right? The Jericho Project. In the Old Testament book of Joshua, and, and it covers several chapters, so we're not going to be able to read it in the interest of time, but I want you to go back and read the Old Testament book of Joshua. If you'll just read the first six chapters, it's really exciting reading, honestly, and, and it'll help you understand what we're talking about. Let me give you the overview. The Lord brought the people of Israel back to the Promised Land. And, and he led them across the Jordan River that separated them from the other land. The first city they came to as they crossed the Jordan River was Jericho. If they were going to conquer the enemy, if they were going to inhabit the land that God promised them, then this was where it was going to start. Joshua sent two spies into the city of Jericho to see what they were up against. The two spies entered the city and went to the house of a prostitute named Rahab. She told them about the city. She, uh, she gave them uh, sort of a sense of the attitude and the morale of the city. She even hid them from the city officials when they came looking for them. In exchange for that, she asked the spies to protect her and her family when they came to destroy the city. Now, the spies agreed. And they fulfilled their obligation to her. As soon as they started the battle, they went straight to Rahab's house and they brought her and her family out of of there safely. Now, God gave them a very specific and very unusual plan for attacking Jericho. He told them to take the priests and the Ark of the Covenant along with the army and walk around the perimeter of the city in silence once a day For six days. On the seventh day, they were to do it seven times. Then they were to blow their trumpets and shout. And when they do, the walls of the city were going to fall. They they did exactly what they were told to do and when they shouted, when they blew the trumpets, the walls of the city, which were overwhelmingly large, fell straight down down to the ground and they were able to go straight into the city. The enemy was now frightened, they were confused, they were exposed, and the army was able to go straight into the city and start to carry out God's will in in inhabiting the land, the, the promised land. Now, from this account, From this account that I just sort of hit the highlights of for you, God is giving us not only the name of the project, but also the plan of attack for seeing it fulfilled. Okay? Now, first of all, here's what we need to do. We need to circle the property in prayer. We need to circle the property in prayer. I believe that while the army of Israel circled the the walls in silence, that they were praying. They were praying. I mean, well, first of all, what else are they going to do? All right? They, they're walking around this thing in silence. They were facing a huge battle. The walls were insurmountable in the, in the natural. They were in the presence of God through the Ark of the Covenant. They weren't allowed to talk. I think it's only natural, given the circumstances, that they were praying. The first connection to Jericho is that we want to create a walking track around this property so that people can circle our property as well in, in a way that reflects what the Hebrew army did around Jericho. But I also believe that we need to start circling this property in prayer. I want to show it to you in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Can you go back to verse 30? I gave you the wrong, the wrong scripture. I am so sorry. We'll look at that again in a couple of weeks. Verse 30 of Hebrews chapter 11. This is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. <clears throat> Hebrews 11 and 30. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. Notice that the children of Israel were commended for their faith, for their faith as they marched around Jericho. Listen to me, this project that we're about to embark on is going to take great faith. It is in the spirit, we are beginning our walk around Jericho today. And it is a walk of faith. It is a spiritual battle. It will, be, it will not be fought or won in the physical. This is a spiritual battle. Now listen, I know we need money. Nobody is more painfully aware of that fact than I am. But before I ask anybody to commit resources or to make a pledge or even consider giving, I want to ask you to commit to praying for the Jericho project. Every day for one month. Every day for a month. Earnestly seek the Lord for His provision, for His favor, for His guidance, for His direction. If this project is going to get done, it will get done first in the spiritual before we ever see it manifest in the physical. So for the next 30 days, I want us to commit to prayer for the Jericho Project. Some of you may want to come and walk, literally walk around the property and pray. I'm planning to do that as much as I can, and you are welcome to do that. But whether you are physically here or somewhere else, let's circle the property in prayer. I would also encourage you to read a book by Mark Batterson. He is an Assemblies of God pastor in Washington, D.C. I think it's called National Church. Um, the book is called The Circle Maker. The Circle Maker. It will increase your faith. It will help you pray more effectively. Um, and it's just a great, it's a great book. Mark Batterson, The Circle Maker. I would encourage you to read it. He was saying, John, I hadn't read a book since 8th grade. That's why they make audiobooks. So just get it, listen to it, read it, and encourage yourself. Here's the second connection and the second part of the game plan. First, we had to circle the wall, the property in prayer. Secondly, we're going to worship the walls down. Worship the walls down. The army of Israel uh, needed some walls to fall before they could even get started on what God called them to do. When they blew their trumpets and shouted, they were offering praise to God for a victory before the battle ever started. And, and their praise, their faith praise, caused the walls to fall. Listen, we need some walls to fall as well, literally and figuratively, okay? The walls of most of these buildings need to drop. Um, but we also need any obstacles that we might be facing to fall as well financial obstacles, regulatory obstacles, political, logistical, all kinds of obstacles that will need to fall before we can get, before we can really get started on it. Now, do you remember the word of the Lord, the word that the Lord gave me last Sunday? He said, right at the end of service in the nine o'clock, uh, and he said, You don't just get what you pray for you get what you praise for. You don't just get what you pray for, you get what you praise for. And I can give you many scriptures to show that to you. Let's start praising God for the victory. Let's start praising him as if the money is already here, as if the abatement is already done, as if the demo is already done, as if we're already seeing the community come onto this property, as, we're, as if we're already seeing women rescued and helped and restored. Let's praise him for the kids that will get to disciple in a brand new facility. You say, pastor, we need to start raising money. No, we need to start raising a hallelujah. We need to start raising our level of faith. We need to start worshiping and praising God for the victory before we ever start the battle. I'm telling you, I am more and more convinced every day that this is a spiritual project with a spiritual purpose, and it will have a spiritual provision. We've got to know that as we enter this fight. Now listen, I know some of you are eager to give, and, and giving is an expression of worship, all right? So I'm good with that. We're going to worship the walls down. So if God is already, has already led you to give or leads you to give whenever he tells you, be obedient. We already have a category uh, on secure give for you. If you want to give online to the project, we'll be adding it to the giving envelopes as soon as it's time to reorder those. Um, So the money that we get for the Jericho Project will go into a completely different account from our regular church account. Um, If people or businesses are looking for a a tax-deductible donation here at the end of the year, then they can certainly give to the Jericho Project. Um, If there's a description of the project on the church website, if you want to direct people there so they understand what we're doing, Um, so if they feel so led, they can give to this project too. But remember, let's do what the children of Israel did. Circle the project, circle the property in prayer, and worship the walls down. Worship the walls down. Here's the last thing. We have to circle it. We have to worship the walls down and we have to rescue the Rahabs. We have to rescue the Rahabs. The connection here is pretty obvious, right? This is a little bit on the nose. Um, we want to use our property to rescue women from pornography and prostitution just like the children of Israel rescued Rahab. Okay, listen, God is really burning this on my heart. We, we would be foolish to think that when God provides the money for this project to be completed and up and running, that we're suddenly going to be ready to house and treat women who've been rescued from commercial sex trafficking. Listen, God rewards with much those who are faithful in little. God rewards with much those who are faithful in little. We have got to start finding ways to get involved right now in rescuing women. It's a complicated and nuanced issue. We have got to start educating ourselves and making connections with those who are already working in this ministry. There are those who have been working in this field for years. So we've got to start making connections with those folks so that we can begin to even understand what we're getting into, okay? Now, here are some easy ways to do that. Start educating yourself. Start reading, start looking. One of the ways that I want you to do that. I want everybody to go to the church website, click on the Jericho Project button, and on that page is a document. It's called 10 ways or 10 warning signs of sex trafficking. 10 warning signs of sex trafficking. I want everybody to go and read that. We're going to put it on our Facebook page. Any, any sort of media that we have, we're going to put it out there. It'll begin to open your eyes to what has already been happening around us, even here in Mayberry. Okay? Now, in addition to that, we're going to partner with an organization in Atlanta called the House of Cherith. The House of Cherith. Um, when they have needs, we're going to take those as our needs. When they have volunteer opportunities, we're going to go. Don't think that if we're blessed to be able to open a facility one day that we're suddenly going to get blessed with hundreds of volunteers who just passionately want to serve with us. We have to sow those seeds, and we have to build that appetite. I I I saw this on Facebook the other day, and and you've seen the, the screaming lady and the cat you seen the screaming lady and the cat. So the screaming lady is talking about she wants to go on a missions trip and the cat says you won't even serve in the nursery. Right? So let's don't get all fired up about rescuing women from sex trafficking when we have volunteer needs in the church we're already trying to operate. You understand? I didn't get my inflection right, but the content's good. All right? So we've got to sow those seeds. We've got to build that appetite. If we don't go help others who are already fighting this fight, then we don't really believe in this issue. If we're only concerned about it when it's us, then it's not really about the issue. It's about us, and we're building the wrong kingdom. Okay? If God can't trust us to help others, why would, he, why would we expect him to send us the help we're going to need? It's time for us to start rescuing the Rahabs today. Today. Now listen, this is a very simple plan. I'm going to ask you all to come on. It's a very simple plan. I, 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 left out, I had twice this much to talk to you about. I, I, I've left out a whole bunch of details but this is the most important right now. we got lots of stuff we're going to continue to talk about as this project goes along, but this is the most important. It's a very simple plan. Circle the property in prayer. Worship the walls down and rescue the Rahabs. That's it. Now, I also have a very simple altar call today. Will you join me In pursuing this vision, that's it. Will you join me in pursuing this vision? Will you pray with me beginning today and for the next 30 days? That's from December 8th through January 6th. Will you worship with me, thanking God by faith for a victory that we're gonna see in the future? Will you do that? Will you join me in doing what we can do right now to help these girls, to help these women who are being trafficked? These are somebody's daughters. These are somebody's sisters. These are somebody's mom. So here's what I want you to do. Ronnie, go ahead and get your, get your folks in place if you don't mind. If you will, I want you to do this. The, the ushers are coming with the baskets. And and uh, if y'all would just stand right there in the crossroads of the, of the church, okay? Y'all didn't know that's what this was called. Crossroads of the church right there. Um, they have a basket full of Legos. Yes, Legos, those Legos. They have a basket full of Legos and they have a half sheet of paper. If you will join me, In this commitment, if you will at least consider joining me, listen, there's no piece of paper for you to sign. I'm not asking, I'm not taking names to see how much money you're going to get. It has nothing to do with that. If you'll commit to doing the things that we just talked about, would you go to these ushers, get one Lego block and one piece of paper? Would you do that now? Would you stand, please? John, why don't you just bring it to me? Because you need to go get it. You need to go get it. standing with me. Will you hold your block up in the air and and, and all those that have the baskets, once you're, once you're done serving, y'all go on back to your seats. Thank you. Hold your block in the air. Everybody look around at the blocks, please. If you didn't get one, just close your fist. Nobody can see that far anyway. All right, Go ahead, hold this up. If you can see it, will you notice the different colors and the different shapes, the different sizes of the pieces? Listen, as we, as we move forward into this project, we need everybody to contribute whatever it is that God leads you to, no matter what it looks like, no matter how big or how small, no matter how it compares to anybody else's, no matter how different it might be than the way somebody else's is, for us to succeed in the way God wants us to, it'll take every piece fitted together. So I want you to take these home. I want you to hold on to these things. Let these blocks remind you of the walls that need to fall and the walls that need to be built and the necessity of every piece as we walk into the future together. All right? Let this, take this home with you. If it's small enough, keep it in your pocket. And every time you think, every time you touch it, pray. Now here's what I want, this is how I want us to pray in the next 30 days. I'm calling this the Jericho prayer. And I want you to join me in offering this prayer up. At the bottom, you'll see the, the plan. Circle the wall, circle the property in prayer worship the walls down, and rescue the Rahabs. But this prayer is not a word-for-word word prayer. This is a guide. I want you to pray from your heart with faith, with fervency. So, this, But this is what I want you to pray as we're circling this property, and it spells Jericho, all right? So we need to pray, Jesus, be glorified in everything that we do. And, in, and his will be done. This is not about us. It's not about our kingdom. It's not about our preferences. It's about whatever he wants us to do. Matthew 6, 10 is thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The E, we need to pray that everything we need will be provided. Money, connections, favor, permits, wisdom, knowledge, everything everything, and that we will not have to borrow any money. We won't have to borrow any money. There's Philippians 419 that says God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Genesis 22 is the first time God revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the provider. The R, we need to pray that we will receive all the money for phase one by February 29th, 2020. Yes, it's a leap year. We get an extra day, praise God. The, the, uh, the I is that we will increase in tithes and offerings, even while we're raising money for a different project. It won't do us any good for, to raise money for a Jericho project when if the church goes down the tubes, all right? We have got to increase, and we're a growing church. We need to see our budget increase as well. The C is to celebrate the victory, even before we see it. So it's not just beseeching God to move on our behalf. It's thanking Him for what He's already prepared for us. The H is harmony and humility. We need unity in the body of Christ. We don't need division. We need one unified vision. We need harmony. We, we don't need to spend any energy fighting division. We need all the energy and all the focus we have in one direction. And we need humility as we begin to see God move, as we begin to see walls fall. It's important that we recognize we didn't do this. God did it. Alright? And the last one is to overwhelm us, to pray that God will overwhelm us with passion for Him and for His work and for His children. Now I'm going to ask I just kind of walk through that. We're going to pray right now together. All right. So this is your first time on day one. You get to pray right here together with us. But can we just lift up that prayer together? Don't just listen to me pray. Pray. We need everybody praying. God, our Father,
0: 3747. That's 770-537- 3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.